Blog Talk Radio. Aloha and welcome to Spiritual Journey with your host, Hawaii Psychic Geraldine St. Joseph. Today's topic is about cults and cultic relationships. Cultic relationships, soul deadly. We talked about cults last week and in the course of talking about the larger cults, like getting involved in um, a group dynamic, through my research, a lot of stuff came up where it just led right into one-on-one cults or cultic relationships, otherwise known as a codependent or abusive relationship. However, from what I read, even though some people use the terms interchangeably, it seems that a codependent relationship is the least, like the most benign. And then an abusive relationship, of course, can stem out of that. And then a cultic relationship is um, the most severe of the three. The differences between them is just merely the intensity of the abuse and the probability, I guess, of damage to the victim. In a codependent relationship, a lot of people have mildly codependent relationships where um, one partner usually is, has more control than the other partner and you just have a, a dominant person, um, but not necessarily domineering. In an abusive relationship, of course, there's all types of abuse. It can be physically abusive, mentally abusive, emotionally abusive, and so forth. When you get into cultic relationship, it gets to the point where the person who is the victim is so... Um, I want to use the word brainwashed, but that's a term that people have brought to my attention many times, is, but is so obsessed with the idea of pleasing um, the leader that they completely disregard all logic. Um, in a codependent relationship, oftentimes you still can have your friends and you, you act as a, as a couple uh, when you get into an abusive relationship, then they start separating from you, you from your friends, or um, you're only allowed around your friends when they are there. When you get into a cultic relationship, their aim is to completely separate you from everyone around you and to manipulate things in such a way that when you are around others, they appear to have one personality where they're really sweet, nice, and everything. And they win your friends over or your family over so that they, when you finally come out and talk about what's been going on or the way the person treats you, people have a hard time believing it because the person acts super sweet or super nice or, you know, so helpful and so loving around everybody else. But then for you, you deal with the abuse. You deal with um, them talking down to you and, and having issues and all that kind of thing. So a cultic relationship is a codependent relationship on steroids. A cultic relationship is a codependent relationship with a demon, basically, or someone who is so far away from the light that they bring only darkness into your life. So how do you know if you're entering into an abusive or cultic relationship well, the people involved in these types of relationships often have um, dated or they knew their partners 
for less than six months or so before they got married, engaged, or moved in together. There is a lot of pressure to commit. There's a lot of, oh, this is, I'm your soulmate. This is true love. This is it. This is it. This is it. We have to get married right now. We have to commit right now. It's got to be right now. Where the truth of the matter is, is if there really was confidence that this was your soulmate, this was your true love, this is your partner for life, the person would be more than willing to be patient and wait and allow you to grow into the relationship. Uh, in a cultic relationship, they don't want you to look at anything logically. They don't want you to ask questions. They don't want you to have discovery. They will tell you basic facts about their past, but not details, or only the details they want you to know. Of course, everything is their point of view. So when they're telling you about their past relationships, they'll tell you about how they were abused and um, downtrodden and, and how you should feel so sorry for them because they've been a victim their whole life. And you know, they're so lucky that they found you because you're not like that. Um, rest assured, if it is the type of, of relationship where the abuser lays waste the people that they go through, um, when you leave that relationship, you will be labeled with the same labels that you heard them labeling all their past relationships. You'll be dumped right into that because they are actually the ones who are the abusers and not their significant others. Um, what I found interesting, too, um, was that when we talk about abuse, we often talk about, I mean, when you talk about abuse, the first thing that comes up is physical. And physical isn't always present in the cultic relationships. There will be threats. There will be uh, times where they break things or fly into rages. Um, also, they may, um, a lot of times what they do is they, they threaten to hurt themselves. They may threaten to, to hurt you also. But it's also a cultic relationship or an abusive relationship if the person is threatening to commit suicide every time you disagree with them. Um, there's different types of abusive relationships. And, of course, we think of physical abuse first. Then we talk about emotional abuse, which is a little bit harder to put your thumb on and to describe. There is mental abuse. There is spiritual abuse. And the one type of abuse that I found interesting, I'm, I'm trying to see which website. Here we go. Abuse can be emotional, psychological, financial, sexual, or physical, and can include threats, isolation, and intimidation. Financial abuse. That was one that, I mean, I know of um, different abusive relationships where one of the parties was made to either stay home and they were their freedom was taken away because uh, the abusive partner felt that if the victim were to go out and have um, a job, they would then have a piece of their life that the, the abuser was not controlling. So they kept them at home. The flip side of that is the financial abuser who refuses to work, just sits around at home, you know, playing on Facebook all day or um, doing whatever they're doing, and they make unreasonable financial demands on you. They demand that their partner satisfy all their needs and do this on every level. Um, sexual abuse is, I mean, it's obvious what that pertains to, uh, whether it be forced to have uh, relations when you don't want to, or to do things that you're not comfortable with, 
or even the flip side of that would be someone who was told to use it as as a weapon, as a uh, as something that they're going to put in front of your face and then pull away, that they're going to use to control you. Okay, emotional and psychological we talk about all the time. I mean, abuse itself is psychological in that part of what the abuser does is they gain your confidence and trust. They betray that trust, and then they pull you back in. It's a push-pull all the time. Um, and abusers come in all shapes and sizes, and there's all different types. I've, I've come across a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, women get abused, women get abused. They do. There's also a great deal of abuse against men that is grossly underreported because men are so embarrassed when it's happening to them, whether it be physical or otherwise. The key to this, to the whole scenario, is having and maintaining good self-esteem and a good connection with source, a good connection with God, knowing your faith, knowing, feeling spirit running through you, and being responsible for your own happiness. When you are responsible for your own happiness, you tend to understand that other people are responsible for their own happiness. So then you don't take on other people's burdens quite so easily. Um, some abusers have what's called um, narcissistic personality disorder. A narcissist is someone who feels that they're the center of the universe and just that, you know, everybody's supposed to kiss their feet. And there are many common... Um, attributes between the narcissist and a typical abuser. One of the differences, um, the narcissist is more likely to be in a cultic relationship because they have to be the center of your world. Um, a narcissist will act as if they should never, ever be questioned. Don't ever ask them why they're doing something or question their motives or anything like that. They will fly into, they either fly into a rage or they'll fly into, oh, I'm going to go into a deep depression. How can you ask me that? It's all very, very manipulative. Um, they feel that they deserve things that they haven't worked for or earned in any way and trade on other people's honesty and hard work while they lie and manipulate people for attention. Um, they act too good to be true. One of the things a narcissist may do is um, they may look to see the type of person, like a, they'll find a target, and they will try to find out as much about you as possible. And act like, oh, they're just so interested, and they ask you questions, and they just want to know everything about you. And then they will look at the people that you surround yourself with and try to mimic those people whatever you think the best traits are from those people, they'll put all those traits together and that's who they become. Um, and they do this until they have you hooked. A narcissist or an abuser will act one way in public and be completely different behind closed doors. Uh, with a narcissist as opposed to a regular abuser, um, one of the differences that seems to be there, now and I'm not a, psychologist or anything. So these are just things that I've noted as I'm doing research. Is that the narcissist will really try to make it difficult for other people to know what's going on. So whenever there's an audience, they don't act out. They're very charming, usually very intelligent, um, sweet to a fault. 
And yet when you get alone, that's when the abuse starts. That's when the screaming starts. That's when the controlling starts. Um, there's unrealistic expectations of relationships where they expect everything to be perfect. If it's not, then you get blamed for that and you are um, punished for it, disciplined for it. They will find that you are at fault for almost every single thing that ever goes wrong for them. If they're in a bad mood, it's your fault. And when you meet them, when you first meet them and start talking to them, you'll notice that they're not really responsible for anything that they do. As you talk to them and you talk about their past relationships, as we often will do when we first get into a relationship, you'll see that for some reason, you know, all, all their relationships, they were just so perfect and they don't understand why Why would anybody treat them the way they were getting treated and, you know, they never had any problems. It was always somebody else and it was always the family was against them or the friends were against them or, you know, the person they were with, there was something wrong with them, but it's never them. They don't take responsibility at all for their actions. Um, They'll degrade, curse, or subject you to name-calling, and they'll even make fun of your accomplishments. Here's one that you really need to, to watch out for. If this happens to you, this is a mind control technique. If this happens to you, you need to get out of the relationship immediately. Seek help immediately. And I repeat again, this is a mind control technique. If the person wakes you up in the middle of the night to verbally abuse you and not allow you to go to sleep unless you talk things through, they will come up with things to wake you up. Sleep deprivation is a very, very powerful thing. When you have sleep deprivation, you are very easily controlled. With sleep deprivation, it can easily put things into your head, um, and you'll just do it, and you won't even think twice about it. It's a very scary thing. That is mind control. So if you have someone who's doing that, or the flip side of that is someone who is coercing you to use medications, you really should get on this medication and telling you that there's something wrong with you, that, um, oh, it's not me. It's that you are whatever. It's not that I'm abusing you. It's that you're depressed or you need to be on this medication or that medication. And they do that to kind of dull your senses. Or they say, well, if you can't sleep, you need to be on sleeping pills. And they do this. This is also a mind control technique. And they do it to dull your senses and dull your emotions so that you are less likely to wake up and realize what's going on. It's very, very insidious. Um, so basically, if you start a relationship and it seems too good to be true, take a step back and try to look at things more objectively. Introduce the person to your close friends and to your parents and to family members that you trust and take their opinion somewhat. It's hard with the narcissist, but a lot of times you will have people around you who will just get a bad feeling around the person or just there's something about them. I don't know what it is, and I'm sorry to say this, but I just don't trust them. If you hear that from more than one person, there's something about that person. You need to back away from that relationship. It's not real, Um, especially if they're pressuring you to commit right away. They have a, a really big 
clue is, is if they have unrealistic expectations about you or about the relationship itself. They want everything perfect. Everything's supposed to work a certain way. And when it doesn't, they are not happy. They want their partner to be able to meet every need. They demand that the other person be perfect. And they demand that the other person take care of all their emotional needs. They, they're very, very time-consuming. They're very energy-draining. And they want all your attention all the time. But they do not like to allow for any outside influence to come in and, and mess up what they're creating. Um, another sign, uh, and this is more with the cultic relationship. In a cultic relationship, oftentimes the leader is constantly unemployed, which sounds weird because you're like, well, how are you in control if you're unemployed? Well, what they do is they send you out to work so that you're working all day. They know where you are. They control the money. They spend all the money. They make sure that you don't have finances of your own. And they can sit at home and uh, they go through your phone, they go through your email, they go through your car. Um, they give you no privacy at all. If you're talking to somebody on the phone, they want to be there. If you're trying to have a conversation with your parents, they want to be there. They have to be right in the middle of everything to make sure that you're not saying anything that they don't want you to. Also, in this type of relationship, the cultic relationship and the abusive relationship, the um, perpetrator, I'll call them, they always feel like somebody's out to get them. There's always, it's always somebody else's fault. There's always some kind of uh, persecution complex happening. So if you hear that a lot, if they, for instance, you went with them, you took them out with your closest friends, and you all went out to dinner, and at the end of the dinner, you know, Friends aren't really comfortable with the person, and there's a sense of, of there being some tension. Your, the perpetrator will come to you and be like, they don't like me. They're going to try to break us up. I don't want to be with them anymore. Um, you can't trust them. And start really feeding any doubts at all that they can find, any cracks in their armor. They will really feed into that so that you have to be careful of. And as I said, you get blamed for everything. Look at the history of the person. And this is one of the things I say, even if it's not an abusive relationship, even if it's not um, if it's not a bad relationship, no matter what is happening, in order to have a good relationship, in order to have a healthy relationship, you need to be healthy. And the person you enter into the relationship with, they need to be healthy also. What do you look for in a person? Like, how do you know? Well, one of the big danger signs is if you see a person who jumps from relationship to relationship, uh, like if somebody is in the midst of getting a divorce and they're already planning to marry somebody else, somebody who's been married or in supposedly monogamous relationships multitude of times where it's just like one right after the other and there's no time lag in between people. It's just a constant turnover of relationship. This is not somebody who's healthy. This is not somebody who is looking at themselves and saying, okay, what do I need to change? Now, and I know not everybody agrees with me on this one, but from my experience, 
in order to truly heal from a relationship that you're coming out of and truly be able to integrate the lessons that you learned from that and um, become a better person, a more full person, you need time to yourself. And, you know, some people might go through it quickly. It could be six months. Most people need a year or so of really working on themselves and building themselves up and working on their self-esteem and their relationship with God. However, in these abusive and codependent relationships, what you see is somebody who, um, in a narcissistic relationship, for instance, in a cultic relationship, often what they do is they are still involved with one person who they've got kind of in the sleep mode while they are setting up their next relationship. Then you have people who they get out of a relationship, within two weeks they're with somebody else and they're in love. Yeah, these people who are very, they experience very shallow emotions. They don't want to really feel, so they just jump from partner to partner to partner. They just want the excitement of it. Um, they don't really, um, there's no sacredness in relationship for them, which is, which is really sad. Because if you took the time to really get to know yourself, then it's much easier to be able to open up and trust and allow somebody else to get to know you. But if you're not even willing to know yourself, then there's an issue there. So some things to look for right in the beginning when when you first get together when you're in the dating phase. And remember, with most abusive relationships, especially cultic relationships, the dating phase doesn't last too long. Immediately they're pushing. Um, you need to observe their anger patterns. Do they get frustrated and angry and fly off the handle at things that are out of your control? Do they then expect you to fix it? Do they blame other people for their unhappiness? Is it something always other people's fault, or do they take responsibility for what they're doing? Are they looking for solutions, or are they just looking to place blame? Uh, and again, I say gather insight from the people closest to you because they, you're blinded by lust, basically, when you first get into a, a relationship. Let's, let's be honest here. Most relationships start on that level. So you're not really seeing the person for who they are, but someone who is not involved in that way will be able to see things and traits that you might miss. So you want to bring them around um, people that you trust, your parents, it could be brother, sister, friends, people that you've trusted for a long time, and let them make a judgment. And listen to what they say. Don't immediately dismiss it if it doesn't vibe with what, what you're saying, if, if it's not the same as what you want to hear. You need to pay attention so that you don't get yourself into these situations where you end up a year later with empty pockets and a broken home. Beware of signs of moving too quickly in a relationship. If the person you're with is talking about marriage and you've only been dating a couple of weeks, you need to run. Now, I'm going to qualify that because I have seen instances where people meet each other and there's a very quick recognition of souls. And usually these are people who are a little more advanced, a little more aware um, these people usually don't have a laundry list of ex-spouses and relationships. 
they are usually very faithful in their relationships and they have taken time in between relationships and they know what they're looking for and that's how they can tell right away whether or not um, the person fits the bill. The difference is, the key difference is that if the person keeps pushing and pushing and pushing for it, when you say you need time instead of honoring what you need, that is likely to turn into an abusive relationship. If the person says, you know, I know we're meant to be together. I know you're the one for me. I just feel it in my heart, down to my toes. I can feel it in every, every essence of my being. You are the one for me. And you say, well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I need to take my time. I'm still healing from something, or I need to do this, or I need to do that. And they say, okay, I'm here. We're going to build this relationship slowly, and we'll move at whatever pace you need to move at. That is somebody who loves you. That is someone who is willing to wait and is um, more likely to be a long-term partner. Someone who jumps in head first and bullies you into having a commitment and just pushes you, that person doesn't really care about you. I hate to tell you, but uh, that person really doesn't care about anybody but themselves, and they just want somebody who's going to either take care of them or somebody they, they could push around for whatever reason. Um, now, here's one that, that people are going to balk at, and I know this, but the truth is it wouldn't hurt to run a background check on, on the person, especially if they have a, a checkered past. Um, like someone who's been married multiple times and tells you that, that all their past relationships were abusive and makes accusations against um, past people, it'd be good to run a background check to see, you know, what happened to these people. Did she end up having, like, a lot of legal entanglement against them? And did they have any issues before they were with this person? Or did they seem like a normal, fine person, and then all of a sudden they get with the perp, and during the course of their relationship, or at the end of their relationship, the perp all of a sudden has all these accusations, and then the person has a record. Um, that's something to watch out for and be careful of. Just like if you're doing a background check on somebody, and they're telling you, oh, boy, my, my last wife or my last husband was not and you know it started out as really great and then all of a sudden it became abusive and then when I left she had the TRO around, out against me and was making all these accusations and none of it was true and I you know I just wanted to put it on the table so that you knew that that had happened to me but nothing has ever, ever happened before that and nothing has happened since do a background check I would just to make sure because he might be lying or she might be lying or it might be true you go back and you look and you say, oh, okay, I see that there's only this period of time where he had problems, and that's when he told me that they were going through their divorce or whatever it was. All around there, there's nothing else there. Um, the other thing, which is, is kind of funny, but and I don't know how many people do this, but the way a person talks about their exes is generally the way they're going to talk about you. And if someone builds a good relationship with the people that they're with, they tend to remain friends with them even after they break up. It may not be immediate, but they tend to be at least on good terms, you know, cordial if not friends. 
I myself can say that the majority of the people that I've had relationships with, um, I still was very friendly with. And a lot of them are very good friends to me. A lot of them, there's not that many of them, but they're very good friends to me. And that's just something that um, I value so that when I get into a relationship, hey, I have uh, testimonials, you know, and you could just go and ask my ex. When they're hiding their exes from you, maybe they're hiding something more than that. Or if all their relationships end um, with crazy things. I mean, all of us have had odd situations. Well, by a certain age, most of us have had crazy situations. Um, I can tell you from my own experience, I actually dated a pathological liar once. Him I'm not still friends with. Um, but that was that was an interesting ride, and it didn't last very long. We were acquaintances for a little over a year, and I think we only dated for about three months when I, you know, it's just like stuff is just too weird. <clears throat> so people do have strange things like that in their past. So if you are talking to someone and you've got one person saying, oh, you know, the relationship was pretty good. It just was that we weren't meant for each other and we remained good friends, but, you know, I went my way, she went her way, or she wanted this and I wanted that. That's one thing. If you come across and they give you, you know, you know five people that went out with them and all five of the people are like, man, she's crazy, get out of there. You need to watch out for that. Um, hopefully my exes wouldn't say that, but... Um, but that was always a, a joke that we had since we were um, in high school. A lot of my friends and I was to, to get references and that you would give your exes as references that, that you're pretty good in a relationship or what you're like in a relationship. It's the hiding of things and the um, getting angry if someone questions things. That's always a danger sign. Now, this tip you may think is unfair but it's something I have to say. Be very wary of anyone who claims that they were severely traumatized when they were young. The reason I say that is because when you're a child and those types of experiences happen to you, it takes a great deal of time and self-awareness and therapy to get over those types of events and to not integrate that pattern into your behavior. So if you're with someone who claims that um, they suffered the abuse of a parent or um, they even saw their parents abusing one another, be careful because that person will carry that imprint with them unless they have done the work necessary not to. How do you know if they did the work? Well, one of the things is that... um, they're much more aware. They'll see when they're moving into patterns. They will take responsibility for their actions. They will question themselves. They will want you to question them. Um, They don't take things for granted. Somebody who's more self-aware will generally first ask, what can I do to change things? And what responsibility do I have first? Whereas an abuser, especially in a cultic relationship, will say, what did you do and what do you need to do to make me happy? So let's see if um, 
And of course, you know, staples of an abusive relationship are um, jealousy, which they'll say, oh, it's because they love you so much. But jealousy has nothing to do with love. It has to do with possessiveness and a lack of trust. If someone really, really loves you, they will have a certain level of trust for you. Um, they don't need to check your phone. They don't check your computer or your car mileage. Um, they will trust when you say that nothing is going on, uh, even to the uh, even to the point sometimes of being fooled. Um, jealousy does come up naturally in some relationships at some times, but intense jealousy is never a good sign. Never. Um, controlling behavior, uh, especially if the abuser is preventing you from making personal decisions. I mean, it'll, it'll get really freaky, like down to how you style your hair and what clothes are you going to wear and your appearance. But for the most part, um, the controlling behavior, the, the way they do it is They'll tell you that they're concerned about you and they want you to do this or that, and they're doing it out of concern and love when actually they're just being controlling and, and they have unreasonable bursts of, ang- of anger and unreasonable expectations. Um, so we basically, most of us know the warning signs of someone who's who's not safe. They want to have absolute control and they don't want any accountability. Like, for instance, with this financial thing, um, one of the things that I have read about are people, women or men, who take over the finances and then the finances aren't there when they should be. Um, for instance, like you're, you're making money, the bills are, should be being paid and actually what the abuser is doing is they've set up their own bank account to accumulate money for themselves that they hide. And then they, they lavish themselves with different things and you get nothing, even though you're the person working. Um, or they just they don't want to show you where the money went. They hide things. Um, they have no tolerance for questions or critical inquiry. No meaningful financial disclosure. Um, unreasonable fear of the outside world um, they're always talking about being persecuted and about evil and sin, and, and they hold on to you through fear by trying to make you afraid of things. This is more of a cultic relationship than just simply abusive. Um, to them, there's never any re- legitimate reason to leave, to leave them. Anybody who has left them is wrong, they're evil, they're negative. They, they always have a, a million different things to say about them. Um, they make you feel like you're not good enough and you never can be. They are always right. They always have to be right. There's no compromise. There's no such thing as you being right and then making a mistake. If they made a mistake, it's your fault that they made the mistake. And they exclusively know the truth, which can change. Like um, this one, I saw this one person and they were making fun of, of someone and they're saying, you know, like, oh, you didn't apologize correctly. You have to apologize. And love is about, you know, being humble and apologizing. And less than a week later, like that's what they were saying, they were significant other. Less than a week later, they did something horrendously wrong. And they're like, well, love is not having to say you're sorry. Wait, what? This is what they do. They twist it. It's whatever is convenient for them at the time. There's no rhyme or reason to the way they do things. 
they're very obsessive. And they don't think about any practical considerations. They just want what they want, and that's it. And they don't care what you have to do to give it to them. Um, they want you to see them as godlike. This is the difference between a cultic relationship versus uh, they want you to see them as very close to God. They're holy. They're holier than thou. They know better than everybody else. Um, oftentimes, this is twisted up in religious practices and um, using the Bible as a tool against a person, threatening them actually with uh, the loss of their everlasting soul as part of the abuse. And that is where spiritual abuse comes in. If you ask them questions because you don't, you know, what they're saying is not making sense, they consider it persecution and they turn things around on you. Um, they want you to follow them very specifically. Um, they want you to pray like they pray. You want them, they want you to talk like they talk. They want you to do like they do. You're not supposed to have your own individual personality. They want you to be very dependent on them for problem solving and um, solutions, the next definitions. They don't want you to really think about anything. They are very against any meaningful reflective thought. They want to create in you an inability to think independently or analyze situations without them. Because if you start thinking, you know, you're going to realize what's going on and you're going to leave. So they do not want you to think. They, and what they do is they control through emotion. They, in the beginning of the relationship, they found out all about you. They watched the way you reacted and interacted with your close friends and and maybe your significant other at the time or, or whoever else was closest to you. And what they do is they, they find out where your holes are, and they will push those buttons in order to blind you with emotion. You need to learn how to become more objective. Hyperactivity centered around them also. So what they do is they supersede whatever your interests are, and you have to do whatever they want to do. And they constantly have you doing things so that you can't even think about having alone time and really working on yourself. Um, at some point in the relationship, you'll notice a dramatic loss of spontaneity and sense of humor. At some point, you realize that you're being um, just kind of pushed through things, and you fight more than anything else, or if you're not even up to fighting, they just bark at you more than anything else. Um, they over time, increasingly isolate you from family and friends. And they do this because these people would try and make you think. Um, everything they do is always justified. No matter how harmful or hurtful, everything they do is always justified and you're wrong. Now, we only have six minutes left. If you know somebody who is in this kind of a relationship, what, what do you do? I mean, because... Let's face it, most people in abusive relationships are kind of stuck there. And even though it's, it's a horrible thing and they, they tend to leave and come back and leave and come back and you feel like you're a broken record, the thing is they need to know that there's a support system there for them. The victim needs to have some kind of a, a safety net that is there for them. It doesn't mean enabling the behavior. So, like, don't give them money and things like that, especially when you know that they're still going to go back into the relationship because they may just be getting money from you for the perp. 
um, and just keep reminding them of what life was like before they entered into the abusive relationship, who they were before they entered into the relationship. You know, just remind them of memories, old pictures. Um, do you remember when? And wouldn't it be nice too? And um, gee, I wonder whatever happened to so and so and different things. The other thing is to bring up situations, ask them their um, advice or their concerns about similar situations to what they're in. I was watching a movie and it was about this guy who, you know, jumped into a marriage with this woman and she, you know, drained all of his bank accounts and everything. And, uh, you know, what would you do if you were in that kind of a relationship or, um, or even using um, a good technique is knowing somebody that they care about and using that person. You know, if so-and-so were doing the same thing that you're doing right now, what would you tell them? Um, my friends with me always tell me, well, what would you tell your clients? If your clients describe a situation that you're describing, what would you tell them to do? You know, and oftentimes the answer is jump ship, you know, get out of there. And um, we also will give advice that we won't take ourselves. But it is hard. Once this type of an abusive cycle is set up, especially cultic relationships, it's very difficult because the perpetrator has such an emotional grip on the person. They make them feel so guilty and so worthless. The thing to do is to let them know that they do have worth and that there are people around them who do love them for who they are and that they don't have to jump through hoops all the time. But that's not necessary. And try and remind them of good relationships that they've had, if they've had any. Um, and good people in their lives, and just kind of share the difference. But do it gently, because these people, they need you. The key for them to get out of an abusive relationship and to stay out of abusive relationships or cultic relationships or codependent relationships is for them to take responsibility for their own happiness. Now, if you want to hear a little bit more about this, there are plenty of really good websites out there. Also, we did a show in July called Relationship as Distraction, where we described how people, when they first start on their spiritual path, sometimes can get sidetracked by a relationship um, that is unhealthy because they get afraid of their spiritual journey. It's kind of scary to them for whatever reason. Uh, maybe they've had some kind of an epiphany or a breakthrough and it's overwhelming emotionally. So then that's when these type of um, parasites jump on. So what is your homework this week? We only have two minutes remaining. So I need to give you your homework. Your homework this assignment this week is I want you to sit down and really, really objectively evaluate your relationships with other people. You might be abusive and not realize it. You may be being abused and not realize it. The key is to realize your own self-worth and start loving yourself. Look at your actions and think before you do things. Act, don't react. I want you to take a piece of paper and I want you to write down every wonderful thing there is about you that you can think of, everything. And I want you to read that every day. And then I want you to write at least three affirmations of who you would like to be. You would like to be stronger. 
you would like to be thinner, you would like to be more well-read, whatever it is, read those affirmations because you need to grow stronger in who you are. You need to start on your spiritual journey and stick to it and become the person that God meant you to be. You're here for a reason. God loves you. We all have a purpose. And sometimes these abusive people, they're in our lives to show us exactly where our weaknesses are. Pull away. Get help. Of course, when there's violence involved, you need to really seek out professional help. When you leave a cultic relationship, you need to go through a process of self-empowerment. And it's the only thing that's going to help you. It's going to connect you to God and bring you closer to where you're supposed to be. This is Hawaii, Berlin, St. Joseph, coming to you live from Colorado. And my website is psychicinhawaii.com. Please send me an email, and let's talk next week. Mahalo.